Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. The old song says he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. We serve a God who is always on time. But he does not operate according to our time, but his own time. The late T.F. Tinney is fond of saying, God is into marinating, man is into microwaving. And that is, at times, our frustration with God. He operates on a different schedule than we do. A day is with the Lord as a thousand years, a thousand years as a single day. The God who holds eternity past, present, and future in his hands, simply interacts with time differently than you and me. But we have a promise in Scripture. In due season, we will reap if we faint not. That there is coming a moment that the on-time God will intersect with man's time. And in that moment, a due season comes and God makes it happen. Welcome to our daily devotion. I've always enjoyed doing this with you, coming together and sharing various things, but never more than when I'm discussing faith, faith for the impossible like we are now. Does prayer and fasting work? When you look at a history of prayer and fasting in America, seasons of intense prayer, intense fasting have a long history in our country. In its early days, colonists prayed through attacks, famines, and droughts. Edward Winslow described that. He said, drought and the like considerations moved not only every good man privately to enter into examination with his own state between God and his conscience, and so to humiliation before him, but also to humble ourselves together before the Lord by fasting and prayer. America has seen that season of prayer and fasting. And we join in that tradition periodically, and even one older than what America has seen, a season of turning our souls to the only wise God, the one who knows everything. In fact, this is what I feel impressed to do. I feel impressed that we've heard enough talking heads, man's opinions, man's perspectives. We've heard enough conspiracy theories and politics and hate speech. We need to set our face like a flint toward heaven, and we need to see his face. We need God in the mix of everything we do. We need a touch that only heaven can bring. We need that awakening sent by God into our world. We await eagerly. That's the posture of faith. We await the moving of the Spirit in the branches above us, just as David and his army did years ago. And I sense the season is here, that God has already begun his march. That truth that was marching on for generations still does today. Paul said in Galatians 6, 9, Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Other translations say it like this, not due season, but due time at the right time. When the time is right at the proper time, I believe that no matter what you call it and translate it, we are in the season ordained by God. 
this due season where God longs to reward those with the reaping for all that they have sown. You see, here's one thing we notice about God. He's the comparative and the superlative in our vocabularies. He's more and most. He's better and best. He's greater and greatest. So in his wisdom, he knows the seasons. He knows the hours. He knows the times. He is wiser than we are. That's the comparative I settle on today. He is wiser. The one who knows the end from the beginning, the one whose thoughts are not as our thoughts, the one who sees ahead, goes ahead, prepares in advance, he knows. He knew this season in your life would hit you before you knew it. He actually prepared you for the season that you're facing right now. And he placed things in your sight. I love the story when Hagar went into Beersheba and she was fainting because of all of her adversity and trial. But when she opened her eyes, there was a well of living water in front of her. God knew that season would come. God caused her to faint beside a well that would nourish her. God knows the strife and the pain that you're facing. God sees. God knows. We can trust his judgment because he is wiser than we are. He unfolds things in his time and his way. Can I give you an illustration of this? When God promised Abraham that he would bless him with many descendants in Genesis 15, he also said, by the way, Abraham, there's going to come a day that your descendants will be strangers in a strange land. And there they will be persecuted for 400 years. But know this, Abraham, I will bless them. I will bring them out. In other words, I would never have let them go into that 400-year interval of trial without promising a blessing and seeing something work out that fulfills, that magnifies the promise I have given you. I will bring them out, Abraham. Don't worry. Two centuries before Jacob stepped foot into Egypt, God told Abraham, it's going to happen, but I will bring them out. And this is the assurance we have. God sees ahead. God knows the future. God plans and orchestrates the future. He works all things, past, present, future, for our good. He is simply wiser. He knows more. He knows the day that this season will give way, that the darkness will begin to disappear, that the slumbering will be over, the sleepwalking phase will end, and the new day will dawn, and the morning star will appear, and the awakening will come. When will it happen? In due season. We live in uncertain times and we live in times where people's hearts are failing for fear. People have given up on government for the answer. They're looking to people of faith as never before. When the world goes under, there is a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. When the world grows ever darker, there is a light that still shines. People have lost faith in cold, dark churches People grow weary of churches that are carnal and worldly. They are looking for churches that are not ashamed of who they are and who they represent. They are hungry for people of faith who are authentic and transparent and fully devoted to God. For everyone that doesn't want it, 
There are many out there who do want it. We believe in the power of transformed lives. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in demonstrative worship and the power of the preached word. We believe in cooperative effort. We believe that a move of God is spelled U-N-I-T-Y, unity, that all works together to see God's kingdom move forward. We're not in competition with one another, but we are racing the clock. We have such little time, but there shall be light in the evening time. We will see God pour out his spirit on all flesh. Paul said to the Corinthians, behold now, behold the now, behold the moment, discern these times, behold now. Don't fasten your eyes on tomorrow. Don't worry about the past. Behold the now. John would say later in his first epistle in 1 John 3, beloved, now are we the sons of God. But it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Now we are God's kids. Now we are the sons of God. But we are not yet what we shall be. It's in that crucible of hope that the dross of doubt melts, that anxiety and worry disappears and the purest gold begins to emerge. You've come a long way from what you once were, but he's not yet through with what he's going to do. You may have seen limited answers to your prayers, but God wants to do more in your life. He's not finished with you yet. He's not done. It's not over yet. Jesus told the Pharisees that if he cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of the Lord had come upon them. Yet he tells his followers each and every day to pray, thy kingdom come. Jesus seems to tell us we live in a now and a not yet kingdom like seagulls, shorebirds, who live between land and surf. Those who take flight in the Spirit live between two worlds. We live between the actual and the ideal, the temporal and the eternal, the now and the not yet. But there are moments when God's world intersects with man's world, when the not yet suddenly becomes the now. And it's those moments that we live for and long for. There are two words used for time in the Greek, chronos and kairos. Chronos is sequential time, chronological time, day by day, week by week, month by month. Chronos is man's time. But then there are those kairos moments, usually translated times or seasons in Scripture. These are the moments when suns stand still, when shadows on sundials go backwards, when the standard and expected time is baptized by God's time and purpose. Kairos, the seasons, the times when the not yet suddenly becomes the now. This is where I believe we are. We are in the due season where God wants to unfold his beauty and majesty. He's so much wiser than us. 
He has waited until the darkest hour to shine like the brightest light. The answer? When will it happen? How will it happen? We will reap if we faint not. Jesus said in Luke 18, we should always pray and not faint. We're given a divine option, a multiple choice. The options, though, are only two. We either pray or we faint. We either pray or we give up. We either pray or we say, no, thank you, Lord. I've got this. I can work this one out all by myself. We either pray or we say, it's too late. The darkness is too severe. The confusion is too great. The malaise is too thick. No, God wants us to pray, to pray as never before, to pray and bind together, to pray and not to faint, because we will reap if we faint not. And then we will see the due season, the right time. This is the moment I believe God longs to move. This is when God wants to pour out his power. We are no longer living in the Kronos moments. We are living in the Kairos moments. We are moving into God's calendar and to the season that God longs to move. God is up to something. He is making bare his right arm of power. He is answering long prayed prayers. We are seeing the great hand of God at work in our world today. Don't faint. Don't faint. Daily Devotion family, don't faint. Hold on. Keep praying. In due season, you will reap. Thank you for sharing in Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.